Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. We are asked over and over again, how do you find the right phone numbers for the properties you're trying to buy? It is pretty simple. You skip trace the owner and property address. What does that mean? What does skip trace mean? It means you go and find the contact information of the owner of a property. But you don't want to do that one time. Real estate is a numbers game and a people business. You need to work a lot of leads to find motivated sellers. We use an awesome skip trace service that you can upload a giant list of names and addresses all at once, and a few minutes later, you have a ton of phone numbers for prospecting. Visit www.dpipodcast.com forward slash skip trace. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I am your host, David Dodge. My co-host, Mike Slane, is in the field today. He's actually out looking at three properties that we, me and him looked at uh, online this morning. So hopefully we can buy one of these deals that Mike's looking at today. But regardless of that, I got a special guest on the show today. Kong from Wholesale to Millions, WTM. Bam! My man. Kong, how the hell are you, brother? Hey, man, I want to say, dude, thank you so, so much for giving me this opportunity to be on your bomb-ass podcast. Thank Hell you, yeah. Bro. I appreciate you coming on, and it's, it's, uh, it's going to be good to connect with you. So I saw Kong speak a year and a half ago at Max Maxwell's event in Dallas, Texas. That was over a year ago. It was about a year and a half ago, and I've been communicating with him a little bit here and there, you know, on social media and whatnot. And I've been following him and, and Kong is the man. He gives back so much value to his community. He's always online doing live streams, you know, throwing out tips and tricks on how to wholesale. So he's, he fits in perfectly with our message, you know, here at the discount property investor podcast, Kong, we, uh, we really, really highlight that you have to be buying at a discount. You make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell, but you make your money when you buy. So all things real estate, uh, however, we do, you know, kind of specialize or, uh, you know, really point all of our, our listeners to learn how to wholesale. You know, even if you want to be a landlord or even if you want to be a fix and flip rehabber, that's fine. But at the end of the day, you still got to get a deal for any of those other things to work, Right. So we're all about, you know, buy at a discount, find those motivated sellers, seek motivation. And that's really the name of the game. So again, I think that your message aligns very, very well with our message. So again, I'm just, I'm happy to have you here. Welcome. I appreciate it, bro. Dude, that's what we do, right? 24, 7, 365. We wholesale, we find distressed, discounted property, bro. That's right. That's right. So, so Kong, Kong you, you are, um, you are up in the Seattle market, right? Yep. So I'm, I'm located in the Midwest. I'm right in the middle. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, I would just think Seattle would be a, you know, a whole different 
beast altogether. Uh, but you are absolutely crushing it. Again, I, I follow you on all the different socials and I see you're doing deals. Your podcast is growing like crazy. So keep that up. I know your YouTube has got a ton of uh, subscribers, which is, which is awesome. Um, so tell me a little bit about the, the, the Seattle market. Well, you know what, man? I mean, um, so yes, obviously Seattle is hot. I mean, during this right now, I don't know about um, everyone else's market, but as far as my market right now, dude, I think the price hasn't really, really dropped. It's kind of at a standstill. So there's no up in price. There's no going down in price. Um, it's kind of at a standstill. Um, as far as my buyers, yes, there are buyers that are very, um, they're, they're pretty much very, very uh, kind of like on the, a lot of them are kind of on the fence, kind of, hey, I want to know what's going on right now. I'm, I'm going to wait. Um, but obviously, there are also buyers that were willing to pull the trigger if the number makes sense. I think a lot of, um, I think for us, is that a lot of, if the property is either, is probably rented, a lot of the buyers is concerned about property that are rented and then closing on it and then giving the renter X amount of time um, to vacate the property. Yeah, just because there's uncertainty right now. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, um, what we do is, you know, before that, when property is currently rented, and we obviously, our goal is to, you know, lock it up on the contract with the seller for as long as possible, and then we'll find a buyer, close on it as quickly as possible. And then what we do is if the property's rented, then sometimes what we do is we do a whole back, you know, like a 2,500 bucks or a 2,000 or, or $5,000 whole back, back at the max. But because of the uncertainty with the whole COVID-19, some buyers needs a higher amount. Like we just, I just got off the phone with, um, uh, with one of my VAs and one of the buyers asked for a $20,000 holdback. So before that, we have done deal with this buyer where they didn't have any problem doing like a $2,500 holdback. Um, the property, it, it is rented. So we might have to try to figure out something with them. Um, but seller, on my, you know, seller is actually more motivated that we see that we're getting a lot more deals doing by following up with the, um, with some of the seller that tells us no, you know, yep. a couple months before. So you guys are doing a lot of lead, a lead mining in your own database then you're trying to, you know what I think, these. At, dude, David, absolutely, bro. I think everybody right now, that's what they, exactly what they need to do. Uh, we decrease our marketing because we see that there are potential in stuff that are on the market as well you know, that you should go back to your old leads and start freaking follow up and hit them, like hit these sell up hard. And I think if you do enough follow up, you will find there's some deals in there because um, it, it happens for us. Absolutely. I just ran downstairs to jump on this podcast, but right upstairs in my house right now, I got one of my, my lead acquisition guys. He drove in uh, to come over today and we've been at it, hitting the phones all morning. And that's all we've been doing is following up. And I've already set three appointments for this week and next just this morning from doing oh. follow-ups from our database uh, from just people that we hadn't talked to in you know, maybe three or four months that we had on a long-term, maybe a six-month or even a yearly follow-up. But what we're doing is we're going back and we're getting to those people early, you know, and we're saying, hey, you know, we told you we'd call you in six months. It's only been three, but the situation's changed quite a bit. So you know, is there any, any reason that you would, you know, need to sell sooner? And if so, I'm here, you know, I'd love to set up an appointment and come out and take a look at that property and, you know, make an offer and tell you what we think and, you know, so on and so forth. So I think we are on the exact same page. I haven't really decreased my marketing 
you know, recently Kong, but uh, about four months ago we did. Um, so I think that we're kind of in line with where we, we, where we need to be. I think we are a little bit ahead of the game. Uh, we typically are spending anywhere between 10 and 12 grand a month on our marketing. I think right now I'm probably down closer to maybe four or five grand. If you don't mind me asking, where, where are you at on your marketing spend on a monthly basis? Oh, dude, dude, we used to be, oh my God, man. We used to be at 30 to 40 K a month. Wow. You guys and, were way yeah. up there. Yeah, man. And now, and now, and now we're taking it down. I think we are now with our marketing. I think we're down to like the 10, 10 or yeah. 12. 10 or 12. I mean, so you were where I was even uh, at yeah. my highest now on your lowest, but it just goes it's to show funny. you there's different, there's different amounts of spins that are re kind of required to do deals in different parts of the country too. Yep. So that makes sense. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And the thing is, for those of you who are listening, I, I, I don't want you guys to, to, to get this confused. It's all about profit. Right. I spend a lot because maybe my market is a little bit more competitive. David spend less because he's more, you know, so it depends on market. And also, so, 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 so please don't get it wrong where, oh, Kong spent a lot. Maybe he makes more. I just want to let you guys understand it's the net profit. So, that's, what, that's what's important. I love that. That's such, that's such a good thing to point out because, you know, that's what really matters at the end of the day. You know, yep. if you're spending $10 to make 11, you know, if you're spending $22 to make $24, you know, you're still making a dollar or two you know, in profit. So it, you know, it's, it all kind of, you know, equates out. I think that that's a very good point. Absolutely. So Kong, are you only doing deals in your own market or do you do anything virtual? Cause you know, with me being in St. Louis, uh, we market in St. Louis primarily and occasionally we'll get a deal that's on the outside of St. Louis or even in another city, but you know, somewhere close and we'll kind of make a deal out of it, but we don't do any virtual marketing essentially, right? We're not doing any, any, any marketing in virtual markets at this point. I'm just kind of curious what your approach is. Gotcha, man. So listen, you guys, man, I, I get people say this all the time. A lot of people, you know, saying, hey, I'm a virtual wholesaler. Maybe it sounds a little bit sexy. I don't know what it is, but listen, if the property is five minutes away from you, 10 minutes away from you, 15 minutes away from you, if you've never seen the, the property, if you never met uh, the seller, you never met your buyer, you, you, you get it done all over the phone, you are, you, you are doing it virtual. Oh, so I agree. I want, yeah, so I want those of you to listen. It doesn't mean you have to go into another state to consider that you're a virtual wholesaler. But as for me, man, I mean, uh, we are, we, we're actually in one or two other markets beside, uh, beside my state. And, 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 and we actually do the whole entire state. So, so I cover the whole entire state. The whole and state of Washington. Yep. Yep. I love it, man. That's crazy. Yep. Cause I don't think there's that many investors that cover that large of a region. So that's really cool that you guys are. And that also, you know, lets me realize that your budget of 10 to let's say 30, whatever, whatever it might be. Now that makes more sense to me too, because if you were spending, let's say 30 grand in one city, unless that city's New York or Los Angeles, yeah. You know, that's a lot, right? But, yep. and, I know, and I know Seattle's a large city. I've never, never had the pleasure of visiting Seattle. Um, but yeah, that, that makes sense. So you do it all out throughout the whole state. Um, and I agree. I totally agree, Kong. Um, you know, you could do a, do a property that's five miles or five minute drive from your house. But if you never go, never meet the seller, that, that is still considered virtual. So I love that. So what percentage of the deals that you do, uh, somebody from your team, 
actually goes and meets the seller versus those that you don't? Is it about half or, or, or how are you weighting that? Zero, man. Zero, broski. Um, dude, I mean, we've been, we've been virtually wholesaling. So I've been, whole, I've been in real estate for eight years, been wholesaling for four years, discover virtual wholesaling three years ago, and we've been virtually wholesale three years ago, bro. So, so you do every 100% of your deals. Yeah. Yep. Even so, though uh, they're in your market. So why? Yep. So let me ask you, Kong, what's the benefit of having a property that's, you know, 10 minutes away, let's say where it's super easy to get in the car and drive there. Why not go? Like, wh I, I don't understand that. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, uh, listen, I, I think, I think it really depends on how you want to build your business around your life and how you want your business to look like. So, but before I get into that, man, I want people to understand that even though I'm in Seattle, but I don't do Seattle. The reason why is because I don't do any, I don't get into a market that a half a million and above like ARV. If ARV a half a million above, I do not go in that market. I, I, who, if you want to take it, feel free. I like to stick with the bread and butter. So I know some of you, if you're listening to you from New York or from, you know, from California or, you know, in an area that prices are half a million or 800, dude, let the, let, let the other people play that game. Go ahead and play the hundred, the two, the three hundred thousand dollar game. Cause let me ask you a question. Is there more buyers that have that kind of money or is that the one that have dude, you know, or half a million to uh, a million plus. There's more sellers and buyers for those yes. one to 300 K range. Yep. versus the half a million plus range. I think that I love that. So yep. when you say that you do the whole state, that, ex that excludes probably most of the Seattle Metro, right? Yep. Very yep. cool. I love it, man. That's very cool. And I appreciate you sharing that, you know, with the, no uh, with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome. So you guys do 100% virtual. Yep. So yep. let me, so let's, let's run through a typical scenario, uh, Kong, if you don't mind real yeah. quick, you guys do your marketing, which I'm sure looks different, um, depending on, you know, the approach or, or the city, right? Uh, what kind of marketing are you guys doing? If you don't mind, give me just a couple bullet points on what you guys do. Yeah, man. I mean, so we used to do a lot of direct mail. Uh, we used to do a lot of that. I would say 90% of our stuff are direct mail. Now we have decreased direct mail. We're doing a lot of cold calling. Me too. And SMS right now. Yep. What is is to kind of decrease our marketing costs as well because obviously we both know direct mail is the most expensive. And um and, and David, I also want to go back and, and answer your questions about well, why don't you go see the property if it's five minutes or yeah. ten minutes away? Yeah. Or or why don't you hire someone that go do that for you? The reason why I choose not to do that, bro, is because what I want to do is I want to eliminate anything that uh, has me to physically or have someone physically go there. Now, there's a pro and there's con, right? I think everything there's a pro and there's con. Oh, yes, yeah. There's always a pro and a con. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we, we have seller that said, hey, if you don't have someone comes out here, we're not going to do the deal. And I said, you know what? I'm willing to take the loss. I'm willing to say, you know what? This is not for us. Go ahead and, and, and find another investor. And, and the thing is, the reason why, David, I, I mean, I mean, would, would my business change in the future where I would get half the one foot on the ground and, and to go take that? Could be. But the reason why a couple of years ago, I decided to go all virtual. And even if the seller said they're 15 minutes away from me, I would not go meet them. And I'd rather lose on the deal. 
the reason why I do that, bro, is I want my, I want to set myself up where to the point where I don't have a choice, but to come up with solutions. Solution is like, Hey, if you want to go all virtual Kong and, and if you have anything that the seller said, well, you know what, you want to go see on my property. And if you, if, if you don't like, basically if you don't cut it, then, then the next step you would do is, well, then I'm going to go see it. Well, eventually you're going to caught yourself up doing the same thing. So I decided, man, I, I want to eliminate it and do it. And it opened my, it, it started to get me asking, well, how can I, how can I, how can I? And then eventually I started getting, you know, a solution. So if a seller said, Hey, they can't send me pictures. I don't have no one to take pictures. Guess what? Well, I have to find, is there a company that can do it for me? And yes, we found a company that can actually do it. It's just like Uber, right? That goes out and take pictures for you and send it to your email. And we're like, well, now I have to, well, what, what about contract? Getting contract signed. I, I can't go there. So I, I do, David, I used to go and meet seller to sign the contract. So I lock it up in a contract with a phone, but I will still go meet him, right? To go sign the contract. And I said, you know what, Kong, I can't, I, I, what if, what if I'm in, what if I'm on vacation? Right. So like I said, man, so I decided to cut everything out and then just my mind started coming up with solution is how, and then we, we find out DocuSign where you can just send the contract to the seller. They spell everything all done electronic. And then when a seller don't have an email, so what do you do? You know? So, so that's why I decided to do that, bro. I decided whether they're 10 minutes or 15, I just want to cut. I want to go virtual. I want to be free like a bird. I don't want to have any, like my whole entire business is operated from VAs. We have about eight or nine VSA on our team. We have a lead manager, a purchase manager, and a transactional coordinator. They're all from the Philippines. They lock the open a contract. Uh, so they, they qualify for the lead, they lock the deal up on a contract, and they actually sell the deal. All done, all done by VAs. And, uh, wow, and, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so I got a couple of virtual assistants as well, but there is a bottleneck in my business and you're looking at him, right? Um, I have to, I'm typically the, me or my partners, you know, we, we, are, we have the final say on, you know, if we want to make the offer and, and how much, right. but you've even taken yourself out of that role to where you've given and empowered, it sounds like, it sounds like you've empowered your virtual assistants to make those offers and get those under contract. And then you've even gone one step further to say, hey, fuck it, pardon my language, but go sell the damn thing too. Yep. Wow. So, 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 so the thing is, David, I, I, I want everyone to listen to understand, like, so I still run comps because I know, because I know my market, I know the area really well, and it doesn't take me much time to run comps. So I will run comps. I would set the offer of, hey, here's the lowest price we got, you're going to start. Here's the max that we're going to pay for the property. And when you're on the phone with the seller, your job as a purchase manager, as a salesperson, to figure out what offer you're going to make to the seller. But I, I run the comps and I tell them uh, what to offer. Yep. Man, that's awesome. And I just saw that you, I think you were over in like Vietnam for like a month or something crazy like yeah. that, right? Oh man, we were there for like a month and a half and then we went to, uh, we went to Thailand and, and, and then we flew all of our VAs from the Philippines in. So it was the first time that we get to meet them there. And that's where the whole Corona also breaks down at the same time, bro. It was crazy. And at the time I thought it was a joke, like the whole Corona thing. And you know, we just thought it was a, a kind of a, a joke and it'll go away in a couple of days, but crazy. Man, that's awesome. So I, man, Kong, Kong, I'm so happy that you're on the show today, man. So, so you about three years ago, it sounds like you decided, Hey, I'm going to take this thing virtual. 
And I think a lot of people, they have that mindset or they have that goal, I guess you would say. Yeah, I'd like to take it virtual, but you did it. You've actually done that. And you built yourself out a, a big team, if you ask me, a pretty big team of oh. virtual assistants. And everything yeah. is, uh, is done virtually. But it's, and it's cool because it gives you the ability, like you said, to be free as a bird. To where if you want to go on a month-long vacation, a month and a half, two months, whatever, you don't have to think twice about it. Everything is already virtual. So as long as you have access to your own phone or your cell phone or your computer or whatever, you, nothing really changes on, on your end, which I think is phenomenal. That's awesome. Dude, that's right, bro. So if, um, so if David texts me and said, hey, Colin, let's go on vacation tomorrow. Done, dude. Drop the bag. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> where, where are we going, got, bro? Yeah, man. I got nothing holding me back, dude. Dude, that is awesome. That is awesome. Kyle, let's talk about some of the uh, some of the numbers, some of your KPIs, if you don't mind. Um, sure. So we know that your guy that you guys have scaled back your marketing, but you're still spending quite a lot, about ten grand now. Um, I don't want to deter the new investor, right? You don't have to yep. start with a 10K budget, right? The very first marketing I did, I think I spent $1,200 on some, on some mail. Uh, that was about five years ago. And um, that was on a credit card, right? So you don't have to be at, you know, 10, 20, even 30 grand a month. You can work your way up to that. But it sounds to me like you guys have scaled back a little bit uh, to about 10 grand, but that also includes the entire state of Washington. And most people, they don't have a territory that's that large. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, how many deals are you guys generally doing on a monthly basis? And what is the average wholesale spread that you guys are shooting for? I guess, what's the, what's the internal goal? Yeah. So, um, our average, our average wholesale deal is right around 20 to 25. And uh, I think we're doing about maybe like 10 or so, 10 or 12 um, a month. And the thing is, I, I, want, I want everyone to listen, to understand is that don't get, don't get all caught up in the number of deals, but focus on the net profit. Because someone you see online saying, hey, I did 20 deals this month, or I did 30 deals this month. But if they make about 2,000 a deal, or 5,000 a deal, and you're sitting here, you'll be like, man, I only, I only did two deals this month, but what if your average size deal is 25K? That's right. 50, that's yeah, 50, get, 50 G. Who's making more at the end of the month and probably working less? Hell, if, to the year, bro. Yeah, if you, if you can get that net profit higher, yeah, you can work less, you can do less deals, and you can ultimately make more money than those who are doing more. So, Man, Kong, I think that you are crushing it. Not only do you have an average spread of 20,000 plus, excuse me, 20,000 plus, but you're also doing like 10 of these a month, which is awesome. I mean, I know guys, so my business, we do anywhere from like, let's say six to 10 a month, but our spread is typically more like six or eight grand on a deal. Whereas, you know, you're doing like three times what we're doing in terms of the net profit on those deals. So um, I think that is so important and so valuable for the listeners and the viewers here because it doesn't matter how many deals you're doing. It, it really doesn't. What matters is that you do some, of course, right? But that the ones that you do do, you know, have a good, healthy net profit spread. And like you said, you know, you could do one or two deals a month and be more successful than the guy doing 30 right? If your net profit is better and higher than all of his combined too. So I think that that is, that is awesome advice. Guys, focus on the net profit of the deal, right? 
get to the yeah. underlying cause of why they're selling and solve that problem, right? I think, I think you would agree, Kong, that you know, typically when we, when we come across a motivated seller, their true motivation isn't the house. It's another underlying cause or reason or problem. And the house just kind of helps solve the other problem. Like whenever we go out on appointments or we're talking to sellers, you know, very rarely is the house the problem. Usually it's one of a hundred other things that they're dealing with in their life. But by selling this house and cashing out some money allows them to take those funds to go solve other problems that they have. And I would think that you, you, you probably align with that pretty well. Oh yeah, dude. And, and the thing is, David, actually, man, um, Brian and I, so I, I just did an interview with Brian. For those of you who don't know Brian, it's house buying Brian. Oh dude, the guy is obviously the creative financing guy. And we were just talking about, we were just talking about how, you know what, focus on playing your own game. If you fall, listen to me, if you follow too many people, you need to, you need to disfollow a lot of the people. And let me tell you the reason why, because then you're getting so distracted and you're not focused on your own game. Because when you start looking at people and you'd be like, well, they did this much deal, this much deal. But I'm telling you, it's not about bigger, it's better. It's better. It's about profitable. Like, listen, a lot of times, so, and dude, so Brian and I are going to do an IG live too and let's talk about this. A lot of times you look at someone's business or someone, somebody that you look up to and you're seeing they you think they have this big, massive, or they're making 150 Gs, 200,000 200, bucks a month, exit, whatever it is, right? And then you look at your business, you'd be like, man, dude, I'm, uh, uh, me and one of my VA or one of my employees, we're cranking out 30K or 20K a month, you know, and I, my overhead is like a thousand bucks or 2,000 bucks a month. I'm telling you, sometimes you're winning, but you don't know you're winning. Because right. you're comparing yourself with somebody that you feel like that is success, but dude, it all comes down to the net. Maybe the overhead is extremely high. And I'm sharing with it, I'm sharing this with you guys. It's not something I read or, or read in a book or watch a, a YouTube video on, but I'm I'm actually in a mastermind that it was exposed. And you don't know until you're behind the curtain and where everybody in there is just sharing, sharing, because basically. When you're in a mastermind, it's hard to help you if you don't expose yourself, right? If, if, if you don't pull your, your shirt up and, tell, and show people the stars. And, and the thing is, and that's what happened. Some of the guys, the gals that I'm telling you, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm telling you, if, if sometimes you see things that you see, sometimes it's not really what it is until you- Yeah, most of the time. Wrong. I would I would go on a limb and say most of the time. I mean, especially with social media, that's the highlight reel. Right. I mean, people aren't posting, um, you know, uh, the shitty things that happen in their life or their bills being passed to. Right. They don't want to tell you that they want to show you the best of the best. They want to show you themselves on their best day and their best month. And they're going to keep showing you that in that light. And whenever you get into, you know, starting to open up the books or open up the curtains on your business and, you know, show and compare with other like-minded individuals, AKA masterminds, um, a lot can come to light there. And I think that that is such a good point. And I usually don't have a title to my episode until about halfway through, but you just gave it to me. Thank you. And we're going to go with uh, better, not bigger. I think that that rings so true oh, yeah. for this episode because it's not about being bigger. It's like, I don't have a goal necessarily right now of going from, you know, six to 10 deals a month to 20. 
you know, what my goal is, is actually to take my average deal of let's say seven or 8,000 and double it. You know, I want to be yep. doing deals that are more like 15 to 20 grand in yep. net profit. So that's really what we're focusing on. And that's why we scaled back our marketing even about four months ago is because, you know, more isn't better, right? Yep. It, bigger, like you, like you said, I'm gonna take the words out of your mouth, Kong. Bigger isn't better, right? It's better is better, right? So focus more on the leads that you have, work those leads stronger, work them harder, try to get better prices and ultimately just focus on the, on the problem, you know? Focus on finding a solution to their problem and the money will come. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. I think that, is, that rings so true. So true. Yeah, so thanks, thanks, man. And the thing is, David, the reason why I bring that up is because I was caught in that. I was caught in. For how for, long? Oh, man. I don't know. Long time? See, um, I, I, think, I think for a while, for, for at least six months, I was huh? looking at myself and I was like, Dude, I'm, I'm not winning. You're like, I'm busting my ass working yeah, 10 I'm hours not, a day. I'm, and I'm, I'm not, my balls. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm stuck at like 10 deals a month. I don't even know if there's even, if it's even possible to go higher because there's not extra time in the day. I'm using all of it. I love it. So, so you kind of had a, it sounds to me like you had an epiphany one day and you're like, well, shit, it's not worth working harder. Let's work smarter. Yeah, man. See, see, dude, see. The thing I want people to understand is that when you look at your, that's why play your own game, man. When you look at your game and you feel like you're not doing what the guys and the gal that you looked up to that are doing, and you feel like I'm not winning, and then you get discouraged. But what I'm telling you is sometimes you're winning, but you don't know you're winning because you're so busy comparing your game to someone else's game yeah. until you know you until you know that they're probably doing the same as you. Or probably even less than you. So, hundred so percent. What I'm trying to get to, what I'm trying to get to the point is, I was feeling like that for a while, man. I was feeling like that for a while, dude. Right? That I feel like, man, I, I, I this, I'm only doing fifty k a month or thirty k. I feel like I'm not winning because these are the guys that are pumping out this X amount. But when, you, I, when, when it comes to down to the bottom line, I was winning the whole time, man. Come on, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I love so, it. I love so, it, man. That's, but that's no, that brings so. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm done, bro. Go, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to reiterate. It rings so true, guys. It's not about being bigger. It's about being better. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be better than the next guy. It means really that you need to focus on the better leads, right? The leads that are going to generate more money for you and your business. Because ultimately, that means if you are working better leads, right? You're you're maybe using your, your time better. You're maybe using your marketing resources better. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be bigger, right? So you could actually, in, in theory, and I, I feel like I've done this recently, we've actually scaled back on our marketing, but we quit chasing bad deals. You know, we just said, hey, listen, this is what we're willing to pay for it. You know, if we're, if there's a $20,000 difference between what I'm willing to pay and what you're willing to sell, you know, typically I would try to meet them in the middle or at least get them to come down some and get that deal done. But now it's just like, listen, this spread's too big. Unless you're willing to come down a whole lot, I'm not interested in being the buyer on this anymore. And what I've found, we've been doing, we've had that mindset, Kong, for probably a year now. And what I've found is that these sellers will come back to you after, you know, four to six months 
uh, whereas I might've been chasing them for four to six months, right? And I would have, you know, there's, there's this whole thing about meeting in the middle, right? Let's say your offer's here in my left hand, right? And they're here, right? When I meet somebody in the middle, that typically means I'm gonna come up about 10%, maybe 15%, and they're gonna come down 85%, right? That's what a good deal to me looks like. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna come up 50% and that they're gonna come down 50%. That's, that's the real middle. I don't like the real middle. I like my middle to be you know, 10 or 15% above um, where we originally started at. And when you stop chasing, right? That, that's the difference there. When you start chasing these people, they see that, that, that they have value to you. And without you selling them the deal, they, there's nothing that can happen. So when you stop chasing these people, what happens, it's just like a dog, right? You let a dog off the leash. You know, you chase the dog, the dog runs. You chase the dog, the dog runs. Well, you turn around and walk the other way. Well, guess what happens to that dog? He starts chasing you, right? And it's the exact same approach. So I've found over the last, you know, one to two years, I'd say, that we quit chasing deals. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the spread got any bigger, which is what we're working on right now, as I just said. But what's ended up happening is we're getting deals that might not have been deals because we stopped chasing. Have you noticed anything along those lines in your, you know, three, four, five years of doing this? Yeah, man. So the thing is, a lot of times, uh, you know, first of all, I want to go back to uh, what David said. You guys don't understand, right? The people that make 5K or 2K on a dude, the one that does 20 or 30 deals, they say a month. Do you know how much paperwork that, that is? You oh, that's a nightmare. I mean, you have to have two or three full-time people just managing the paperwork. Heck yeah, man. That is a lot. So if you can just increase your deal amount, right? That profit amount, dude, less, less amount of deals, but, but higher profit. But I, to me, that's a better way to go. Less work, but more profitable. Kong, I want you to give the audience, and hopefully you can teach me something here as well but i want you to give the audience you know maybe just two or three things that you would suggest or highly recommend that somebody do or do differently than what they're doing now to increase the deal spread i think that i think that you are you are the man to be asking this question too so you know maybe just a couple things give, give me some pointers what are some of the things that you teach your team or you know are constantly talking about with your own team that you can do to increase their deal spread. I, I, you know, it's actually kind of funny because I'm just like you, I got a podcast, I'm interviewing people in all these different markets. And when I tell them that my average deal spreads, you know, six, eight grand, sometimes people will be like, yeah, that's right in line with where I'm at. Other times they'll freaking laugh at me, but I don't care, it doesn't matter. This is just the market that I'm in, right? But other times people will be like, oh, I won't even touch a deal for less than 17,000. You know, so, so I think it matters a lot on where you're at, but regardless of where you're at, what are a couple tips or tricks that you would use to help somebody increase that spread? You got it, bro. First of all, man, I want to say, dude, six to eight K doing 10, doing 10 deals a month. Come on, man. That's money, dude. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. You know, we're, we spend, uh, we spend about, uh, you know, anywhere from, four to six on marketing and you know we got we got a good amount of overhead with our with our team but it is good we're, we're doing okay i'm not complaining by any means but i am pushing and striving internally to reach you know maybe 12 to fifteen thousand on our average deal you know versus let's call it maybe around 7500 if, if we were sure. to just kind of average that out yep so i mean uh first things first 
if you're if you're in a market that ARV on a property is fifty to like I don't know fifty sixty thousand, most likely that will be your average wholesale fee five k seven k. Yeah, right? and that makes sense. Yeah, because 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 the spread is just not there. Your home run will probably be like fifteen k or twenty k. Okay, so what I would do if I were you is one is that you might have to go into another county or another city. I don't, now listen, I don't necessarily go into another state. You want to go ahead and dominate your own state. Take on another county, another city. I like to stick between ARV of 100 to 350, possibly even in the 400,000. Because within those price ranks, man, your, your average fee is, you know, could be that 15, 20, 25, and it can get up to six figure. Yep. If you're in a market where the property ARV is 50, 60,000, dude, how can you make 20, you know, how can you make 40K or 50K on a wholesale deal? No way, right? Yep. So what you want to do is now you want to look at your market and try to get into a higher price range market, that mid-price range, not in, not in the half a million and the blah, blah, blah. And then really, man, it comes down to now, it's about, about, all about negotiating. So when you talk to the seller, dude, start lower. Start, start where you feel like, hey, you know, if I want to make 15, start lower, man. No, I think that, that's phenomenal. So, guys, let me recap what, what Kong just said. In this case, bigger might be a little better. Now, it, it's going to vary, right? Um, but what he's saying is if you buy a house or you have a house with a 100K ARV and you have a 5% markup on that, that's five grand. But if you have that same 5% markup on a $300,000 house, that's three times the cost, that's three times the profit. So it's still 5% of a markup in this scenario, which could go either way. But now instead of a $5,000 wholesale, you're at $15,000 wholesale. So Kong, I fucking love it. This is great advice. And the reason that I love this so much, I agree with you, but it's almost like you're coaching me right now because- the average uh, house that we're wholesaling in my market of St. Louis, Missouri, I'd say is somewhere between 60 and 80 grand. So if we're getting a $7,500 average spread on that, that's about 10% of the, of the cost of that home, of the ARV, right? We're, we're at about 60 to 80 grand. We're making about 7,500. That's 10%. So what I'm going to do, and I'm going to take this and run with it, regardless if you, uh, know that you're coaching me here or not, but I'm going to start marketing for those two to $300,000 houses and see if I can, you know, make that equivalent to still bringing in around 10% of the, of the profit from the cost, which hopefully will bump my average fee of my wholesale fee from about 7,500 up to maybe let's say 15, hopefully it doubles. So guys, that is some phenomenal advice, right? If you are struggling with your wholesale fees or you're not happy with those, Maybe it's because the property values that you are chasing are on the lower end. And I think that you, you don't even know about my business other than what I've told you, like literally in the last 37 minutes that we've been on here, right? But I think that you completely nailed it, right? And I have another buddy of mine. I don't know if you're familiar with Ryan Dossie. I interviewed him just recently. He's in a couple of my masterminds. Uh, a phenomenal investor, awesome guy. And he was giving me shit, just the same, the same thing, saying, man, you can get those wholesales up. And I started kind of looking at what houses he's going after. And, you know, I don't know exactly, but just from me looking at what he's doing, 
I think his average, you know, uh, property that he's tackling, you know, between 150 and 300, which again, makes sense why the wholesales that he's getting or what you're getting are essentially double than the average ones that I'm getting. So we need to up our game a little bit and maybe start marketing in these nicer and or higher end neighborhoods to achieve those results. I think that's awesome. I love it, man. I love it. So you said, uh, um, negotiation was number two. Number one, number one was, uh, you know, maybe look at the market and, you know, go for, go for homes that will have a, you know, have a bigger spread, even though the percentage of that spread is going to be equivalent. So that's number one. Number two would be negotiating. What's one more tip or trick that you would say would be beneficial for somebody like me, or even one of our listeners that's, you know, maybe doing one or two deals a month already, but they're, but they're getting really low, like maybe two, three, $4,000 wholesales. You know, what would be another thing that you would say to help them up that, that, that wholesale fee? Yeah, man. So, okay. So David, um, so, okay. Number two is obviously this is going to come down onto your negotiating. A lot of you, when you talk to seller, you're afraid to come down so low. Dude, you can always go back. You're afraid to come down so low, okay? But what it is, is that you need to start low so you can arrive at the price you want. Now, here, now I think everybody, if you do this, anybody can get an extra 2,000 because be whatever market you're in. I, if you do this, I know that you can get a little bit of more money on your assignment <laughs> fee. So one, once you have a once you have a, a, a seller locked in, you have a buyer locked in, right? Buyer's ready to go. All you need to do now is go back to the seller and renegotiate. I do this on every one of my deals. That's it. Every one of them. And you know, I'm probably like I, I don't refer to myself, Kong, as being like a great salesman, but I but I I do feel like I'm really good at making friends, right? I'm really good at listening to people. I'm really good at you know trying to help solve their problems and every deal we do i try to go back to the seller and get something off and i would say i fail probably about 80 percent of the time so what guys if you don't try the answer is no so on the 20 percent, so let's say i got 10 deals coming in this month and i go to every one of these sellers and i try to negotiate them down a little bit more after i've already found that buyer right and uh, 80% of the time, they're going to say, no, Dave, you know, I think that we're going to have to stick with where we're at. And that's fine. But on the 20% of those deals, I'm able to get them down at least a couple grand. I mean, I'm not trying to negotiate 500 bucks off. I'm usually trying to get them down three, five, maybe even $10,000. And 20% of the time, it works. And the deal was a deal before I even made that phone call. So I love it. I think that that third tip is probably my favorite tip, guys. Go back to the seller renegotiate with them. Even if you already have a healthy spread, you never know. Oftentimes when you go out and you make an offer to a seller, right? Let's, let's talk about the beginning of the cycle here. You do your marketing, the motivated seller calls either you or your team, your team takes that call and they're working with them and they're making offers to them and a contract gets sent and signed right? Well, that contract obviously is going to have a lot of contingencies in it and inspection period and all that. But in the seller's mind, that property is sold, right? It's sold. So if you come back to them in two to three weeks or even two to three months, depending on the terms of that agreement, they thought the damn thing sold and they don't want to start all over from scratch. So oftentimes they're willing to renegotiate with you 
and they still feel like they won. And that's where, you know, you're always shooting for that win-win here, Kong. You know that. Um, but oftentimes they'll still feel like they won, even though they have to part with five, 10, maybe 15 grand of renegotiation. The reason is, is because they're not having to start all over. They thought it was sold a month ago whenever that contract was signed. And now that you're getting down to the crunch time and closing maybe his next week, in order for them to get the funds next week versus start all the way over, they're willing to part with a little bit of that. So again, phenomenal advice. Kong, you are just filled with gold nuggets, buddy. Thanks, bro. Thanks, thanks, man. I love I, it. I love it. Well, hey, I, I don't want to let this, I don't want the episode to go too on. Let's, let's go ahead and try to wrap this up here. What would be um, some parting words that you would definitely want to give to the audience or the listeners, the viewers here about what they can do to get out and do their first wholesale deal if they haven't done one yet? What, where would it, you man. start? Got it. Well, first of all, I want you guys to understand that it doesn't matter who you are or where you are today. What matters who and where you are tomorrow. When I, was, when I dropped out of high school when I was 17, living in a little shed behind a mobile home park with, well, with my wife and I, some of my friends and family looked down on me, man, and said that I was never going to make it. Right? But regardless, I put, dude, I put my head down, a freaking grind and hustle. So those of you, you got to understand that it doesn't matter who you are today, what matters who you become tomorrow. If you choose to stay the same person, dude, that is your fault. Right? And, and, and listen, for those of you who's anxious to, who want to get your, your first deal, dude, all you need to do is stick with the game, all right, and take massive actions. A so, lot of you are not taking action. Do you do a lot more talking? than you do doing come on yep. man i know that is the number so so i don't know if you have a coaching program or not but but we do and that is the number one thing that the, the students come to us with is its lack of action oftentimes kong they will already know everything they need to do and these are my favorite students right because i don't even have to teach all that much instead i just get to, i get to motivate right and it's like listen you know that you need a CRM. You know you need to be doing marketing. You know you need to be following up. How many people have you talked to today? Oh, you haven't talked to anybody today? How about this week? You haven't talked to anybody yet? Nope. Okay. Well, before we even start going down the road to all the things that we need to do, none of it matters if you're not marketing. So let's start there. Let's get some marketing out the door. If you can't afford it, let's put together a schedule where you can trade time because that's the same thing, right? It's either money or time or both, right? You can either pay for yellow letters and uh, other types of marketing that's gonna get your phone ringing or you can ring their phone. It's one or the other, period, right? So do you have a budget? If you do, great, let's figure out a good strategy. If you don't, well then let's put together a time budget. How much time are you willing to allocate to outbound cold calling, cold texting, networking, door knocking, bandit sign hanging, whatever that might be, to get those deals. And that's it. That's where we start. Take action. This business, I like to say this, Kong, this business is so incredibly simple, but it's not easy. There's a it. big ass difference between simple and easy, right? The yep. simple part is something I can teach you really, really quick, right? The easy part or the not so easy part is the action. That's where you come in. How much are you willing to hustle and grind to get that deal. So man, we align 
so perfectly with our messages because that's what it is taking massive action. And I want to say one more thing real quick. When I saw you speak for the very first time at Max's event, this is probably 15, 16 months ago. Yeah. I, I had already been wholesaling for four years. I wasn't at that event to like learn how to wholesale. I was at that event to meet four or five people. You were one of them that, oh, I that it, I could take away from that had something that I didn't, right? And, and, I, and I'm, I'm no stranger to hustling and grinding, but when I heard your story about growing up being poor and like having like a dirt floor, and I don't, I, hopefully that's the same story that I remember, but you were just like, man, I got myself out of that situation and I'm wealthy now, right? And I did it because I worked my ass off, right? And that's what stuck with me the most. It's like, man, it is possible for any and all of us to be successful. It's just how hard and how bad do we want it? right? You got and I could tell when I met you, man, this guy works hard, but he's successful. And that's what it is. That's what, that's where you get it right there. I think that's awesome. Yeah, bro. Dude, for, Dave, David, I want to say thank you so much for the kind word. And the thing is, you guys, instead of, so basically David already talked about the mindset. Why don't I give you something that you can walk away with? And if you promise me, if you can commit to this for the next 30 days and execute and take massive action, there's no reason why you can't get one deal under contract. And here's exactly what you need to do. I want you to call a local, I want you to hook up with an agent, ask the agent to send you over, and this is free. This costs you no money, man. So there should be no <laughs> excuses. So I want you to call the agent up and tell the agent to send you over anything that is expired listing seven to eight years back. Expired listing. And let me tell wait, you- Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Seven to eight years back? So you're yep. saying like expired from today? Yep. All the way back. Yep. So that I means, okay, I just want to say one thing. Guys, if you live in a somewhat decently good sized market, that's going to be like thousands of leads, not, not 30 leads, not 100 leads. That, that's going to be thousands of leads. And then what you want to do is once you get that list, man, once you get that list, what you want to do is you want to skip trace using truepeoplesearch.com. It's free. completely free. Completely free. Truepeoplesearch.com. Freaking Put that list in, pound the freaking phone and call them up. And let me tell you why pending listing is so great. These are people that want to sell. They put the property on the market, but for some or whatever reason, they can't sell it. And when you go seven, eight years back, that's when the price was at a different price. Okay. So now you, from a most seller at the time, dude, let's just say they want to sell for a hundred K and now the property probably has to appreciate and maybe worth like 150, whatever the case may be. Dude, in their mind, they're going to start negotiating with you at the price that they want seven to eight years ago. And guess man, what, I man? never even thought of that. That's a yeah, good and, killer nugget. Dude, and then, and then guess what? Then you take off the realtor commissions, uh, you know, the, uh, the repair costs, and that's where the negotiating comes in, and that's where you get deals, man. When I first started out, I hit expired listing hard, and dude, it got me so many deals. Promise me 30 days for the next 30 days. Execute every single day. I, I can't see why you can't get a deal on the contract by going with expire listing. So, and, and this is, this is great. I 100% agree with you Kong. And I want to re just reemphasize a couple quick points, guys. Sure. It doesn't cost a thing to call an agent and have them send you over that list, right? Like I'm literally going to maybe go upstairs once I'm done with this podcast and pull a list just like that and go skip trace it. You can number two, you can skip trace for free on truepeoplesearch.com. It's funny that you mentioned that because I use that as well. We use uh, TLO, we use Batch, but we start with true people because 
I don't know. What would you say that the percentage of the time the data is right? 50%, maybe more? Yeah, man. See, the, the thing is, the thing is, you guys are just so over analytical, like analyzing, dude. It's free. You got no money. Fucking just do it, man. Yeah, just, just, just do just it. Right. Just pound the puts, phone, dude. Who hit the phones. 30%. Who cares if it's 10%? What if, what, what if the search was only give you 5% accuracy? Do you have, do you have another solution? Do you no, have, yeah. You get, you got no money, man. I freaking love it. You nailed it. But the cool thing is, is it's not accurate 5% of the time. It's really closer yeah. to like 50% really of the time. So even if it was five, it's worth doing. You nailed it. Yeah. But we have found crazy amounts of leads and deals from true people search. And this sounds like a commercial. I promise you it's not. But start there, guys. It's absolutely free. Um, you can do one-offs in there. And that's where you need to start. So expired listings seven to eight years back. Go hit those people. Use True People Search to, um, to do free skip traces. Call them up. There is a, excuse me, there's a reason that they can't sell or haven't sold. Find out what that is. Try to solve that problem. Boom. You nailed it. Kong, oh, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. There has been a crazy amount of, of value and gold nuggets exchanged here. I'm grateful for your time. I appreciate you. And uh, on that note, we're going to sign off. And this episode right here is going to be called Better Not Bigger with, with, with Kong, the man. Thank you so much, bro. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Until next time, we will be signing off. Remember, right, you make your money when you buy. You get paid when you sell. Last but not least, if you are in the wholesale business, you have to understand one simple concept. You are in the marketing business. You are not in the real estate business. You get in the real estate business, in my opinion, when you start taking risk and you start rehabbing, you start flipping, you start buying rentals. But as a wholesaler, you know, you're really in the marketing business. So make sure that you understand that when you get into this business, because it's going to be very difficult if you don't have either a time allocation for marketing or a monetary budget for marketing. Kong, thanks again for coming on the show. Signing off, guys. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, please visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy and you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.